Hey, so um, you know, I stepped away for a week. You had uh, you had Matthew on last week, and mm-hmm. I I had assumed that Matthew was gonna. I mean, I heard the episode, the chug chug wee. Yeah, and he he really dropped the ball on that one. So I'm assuming that you had time to um, kind of fill in his place and get the track done this week. Well, see, I thought since you were going to be with Josh and you guys were going to have all your stuff set up, you're going to be recording anyway. You know, in some manner. Uh huh. That's the loudest can on earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, that you would record a track, so I. In know. what universe did you think I would have time to record a track while doing a a musical? Well, I mean, so you okay? You've never done any of that before, so you've True. never experienced the sitting around and waiting. So God. I thought, you know, is while there you're normally sitting, sitting around, around and, waiting? and waiting? Because my God, oh yeah. Well, when when you actually like the JHS pedals the musical. Uh, happened very quickly. Usually these things take a lot longer to get together. Mm. <laughs> so there's a lot more sitting around and waiting, especially for the musicians. I've played in the pit of a couple like um, plays and, and stuff in high school. I think it was a little bit there. different for me because I was also, I was playing in it and we were also providing the video streaming rig until it right. was the video producer and show producer. So um, that combined with, oh, of course the rig doesn't work. As soon as right. we get here, like the first two days were me just troubleshooting my $3,000 rig that I paid for last year that just didn't, doesn't work. Isn't that great? Don't you love when that happens? Like, Hey, uh-huh. I'm going to buy this stuff cause it's the best. And then you get to where you need it to go. And then there's just one key component of this whole system. That's like, Oh, I don't, I don't work now. Uh, I, there was an automatic software update that went out from black magic and now I don't work oh. and I won't work until black magic decides. Anyways, I'm going to not talk about that because I'm going to get angry and we have other things to we get have angry other about things to yell about today. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, what's up everyone? Episode 30, 30. Hey man, in five, in five episodes, we can, uh, legally run for president. Oh, is that all it takes? It's all it takes. <laughs> I mean, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's crazy to think that in just, you know, 22 Odd episodes, right? Twenty-two episodes. We'll be at fifty-two. That'll be a year's worth of of episodes. So my god, that's crazy. How crazy! Uh, shout out to the the Patreon chat. You guys are killing it this morning. Oh yes, mm-hmm. Sheev Palpatine showing up in the in the in the chat this morning. I can hey, feel good your on, anger. Good on you, knowing his first name. Of course, Sheev. I just <laughs> named one of my hard drives Sheev. So all of my hard drives are uh, Star Wars character names. So. Oh, really? My main work drive that my solid state drive that I do all my stuff with is Admiral Akbar. The drive I'm recording to right now is General Grievous. Um, I have a few backup drives right there. Um, Wedge and Tilly's, shout out, Team Wedge. <laughs> um, and then I just bought a new backup drive for another computer, and that is Sheev Palpatine. You're, gig- you're giving everybody the names of your hard drives so that if they ever can like get into your wireless, they're going to be like, there's that one. Steal. <laughs> Fine. You can have it. It's a bunch yeah. of YouTube videos. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bunch of YouTube videos and a bunch of unused footage of me screwing up lines and cursing into the camera. So <laughs> yeah, have have fun with that, Internet. Um, so how was that was your trip? I mean, we now now we Marco Polo every, you know, 15 yeah. minutes. So we're on that. But. Uh, I mean, how did everything else go? Uh, honestly, it was great. It was a genuinely great experience. L- the week leading up to it, I was in full panic mode. And I was like, <laughs> I shouldn't have done this. This is crazy. I can't. I don't have enough time to do everything. I was freaking out. And then once we got on the road, 
I forgot how much I missed just driving. So we drove from Atlanta to Kansas City, which ended up being about 12, 13-hour drive. We split it up, mm-hmm. went to St. Yeah. Louis first. Um, and that's the first time in over a year that I've traveled. And it just felt good to travel again, first of all. And yeah. then working, uh, I, I have to admit, man, um, well, that sounds weird because it, it sounds like I didn't think this would be the case. Let me rephrase that. I have to say, working with Josh and the whole JHS crew was one of the most fun and enjoyable experiences I've had as a musician. They are fantastic people. Nice. Um, really, really great crew over there. A lot of fun to hang out with. Um, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot about uh, you know, how to kind of step my game up in terms of the YouTube channel and running a business. Because you have to keep in mind, with, with the JHS show... Their YouTube channel, that's like essentially a side project that they do. Right, yeah. And it's done at a really high level, really, really well, while also running a multi-million dollar pedal company, while also writing a book, while also archiving pedal history, while also writing and performing a musical in eight weeks. Like, they <laughs> are they are killing it over there. So, Gluttons for punishment. I'm, my God. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I have nice. never, I've never been in a musical before. I've never seen a musical before. I've never, I mean, I've seen like musical, like, you know, movies and stuff like that, but never right. like musical theater, never been to Broadway or off Broadway play. Had Not even n- like in high school. You didn't never dude. No. I was so uninvolved in high school. I didn't care about anything in high school. I just, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So never went to a play, never did any of that stuff. <laughs> and, um, got kind of thrown into the band leader role, the MD role, which I was not anticipating, but it ended up working out. Um, and all that to say, I can't wait to do the next one. It was a blast. Right. Right. Are, are you giving too much away by saying that the next? Oh one? no, there, there's going to be more. There's going to be the seventies, eighties, nineties. They, uh, like I said, man, they don't mess around over there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <clears throat> Josh, uh, Josh spoke to me a little bit afterwards and He's man. He's a man of ideas. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Um, and he has this thing that I actually have really like been inspired by. There's, you know, so I have this like metal sign in my studio space. Just there is no plan B, right. and they have this sign in there. You can't really see it. It's off camera, but it just says "Just try stuff." And I just <laughs> uh-huh. would look at that and be like, "Oh yeah, just just try stuff. Just try it. See what happens." Like, right. <laughs> and. That mentality is how you come up with a idea for a musical and execute it in eight weeks. Just try it. <laughs> just, just try stuff. That's that's yeah. That's that's it. So how awesome. was uh, how was your week? Shout out to Matthew Timmons. He uh, he did a great job last week. We he listened did, to the yeah. episode on the way home. It was good. Yeah, it's it was it was fun. It was very um, like I got there and I had this like vision of like setting up the camera and the lights and making it because like on. On Fridays, they Nova works four ten, so they work mm-hmm. four ten hour days. So Fridays is mainly just the office um, folks. And uh, I thought, man, wouldn't it be cool to like set up in the shop, right? And like have the you know like turn the lights off and like make it really cool. And he's like, let's do it in the office so we don't bother anybody. I'm like, dang it! <laughs> but <laughs> I, didn't, I mean, just, I didn't. That's ask. when you just tell him. You're just like, no, we're gonna do it in the shop because it'll be cool. Well, but uh, Friday is also the day where Dennis really has full reign of the shop, and that's when he oh, works a lot of his signature stuff. So yeah. he was in there. Like I, I heard like a bunch of uh, ACDC and ZZ Top like loud uh, in the in the like the the shop area of Novo, and I just, I could just imagine like Dennis is out there just like listening to music. Speak of the devil. Stuff. Speak of the devil. Literally, 
well, this isn't going to focus, but I just got a text from Dennis right now. His ears must be burning. Mm. Um, are you ready to announce your thing yet, or is that still... Well, kinda... I can say, uh, so I am moving into a commercial space. Uh, nothing is signed or finalized yet, but that uh, it's, it's going to be uh, a shared space with technically a couple other companies if we, you know, we want to get, you know really crystal clear on it, but uh, I'm, I'm going to have, you know, a workshop, an office, there's going to be a showroom and shared video and audio and all that sort of spaces. So yep. um, nothing is like signed uh, or, you know, inked in blood yet, but it's hopefully going to be in the next couple weeks. I mean, ideally within two months, I'm going to be in a new facility, brand new, um, like all in. And I, and I posted today that I'm going to, Started taking resumes, so uh, pretty pretty scary. <laughs> All right, hear that podcast land. If you want to work for uh, for Jack Broilus yourself, <laughs> send your resume to fax it in to one eight hundred. Help me build five 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 mythos five 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 five. Yeah, the I, I I enjoy like getting the emails and 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 starting starting the conversation with people people. But the one thing I I don't enjoy is anytime you see someone post a job and I'm sure you've seen this or maybe experienced this. It's like, man, I wish I lived there. Like, okay. Yeah. I wish you did too. Like why? Like move along. <laughs> like, <laughs> move along. I, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I get um, it. Yeah. But, um, cause I, I just want to really like, this is the first time I've ever done this. So it's kind of stressful. The, the prospect of bringing on another person, especially, you know, I want to hire someone who's competent with soldering and you know, I don't necessarily care if you've built pedals, that's, that's a plus, but if you know how to solder, that's kind of, you got to be able to do that. Yeah. But above all things, like you just have to be a good hang and like yep. reliable, you know, good, but, hang. but, but building pedals is, is kind of paramount. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. I, so I just recently hired, um, my first, I'm calling him a production assistant, but he's essentially the idea is within the next six months to have basically a clone of me so that he does right. everything I do and he can just come in and like, but I didn't put out a blast. I just, I, I called around and it was right. actually one of my former guitar teachers from when I was at aim. He's now the head of a jazz guitar department here at Kennesaw state university. And uh, I just asked him, I was like, Hey man, I'm looking for this kind of position. Do you have anybody? And he was like, Oh, I have the perfect guy. And it was literally just the first the first guy, we had a Zoom call. We talked for like an hour. His name's Chris, and he came over and started feeling it out. And he's still finishing up college right now. So he's only coming in two days a week because he's trying right. to get ready for his recital and all this kind of stuff. But um, honestly, man, like he was here yesterday, and I I'm working on my control issues. So I'm working on like letting go. And I was like, okay, here. I shot a vlog of the musical thing that hopefully will go out today while we're film after we're filming this. And I was like, here's just... Just get it rough edited and I'll take it from there. And I had like two and a half hours of me not knowing what to do with myself because I knew right. he was in there, but I'm like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hover over him and I'm not going to like watch him edit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, don't do that there. Okay. No, J cut, do a J cut there. Oh, let's tweak that color there. So I just left the room and I just wandered around the house for like two hours, not knowing what to do with myself. Right. <laughs> like, so that was a, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be you. You're going to be standing no. there with like a soldering iron and be like, no. what? Okay, he's building no, pedals. I, I guess oh, no, I should no, no. answer emails or... I, 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 I added up everything um, because like I, I have like a running spreadsheet and one of my ideas and uh, I haven't like 
fully flesh this out yet, but I kind of want to have like an old TV or something that just like has like what we have on order and, and different right. things I can put up on the wall. And um, one thing I, I tend to not do because my dealers like occupy so much of that space is if I sell things direct, I don't put it up there. Like I know what I have to build and I know the time frames I have to build them, but I don't have the numbers in front of me. So I put all that up there plus the things I ha- I'm going to have to build like the Wildwood and some more stuff for Mass Street and I put that on there and I was like, oh my God, there's no way I'm going to be able to like have someone else building and me not doing anything Yeah, because it's like yeah. 600 plus pedals. So it's, it's crazy. crazy. Also <laughs> shout out to Mass Street. I was within 45 minutes of Mass Street last yes. week and I we just didn't have time. I tried to get out there, but we didn't have time. So if you guys yeah. are watching, I'm sorry. But, it's uh, all good. They, uh, they, I mean, you know, no big deal. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's fun, fun stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and I did release the, the Oracle, which is right. There's one. This was going to be my shill of the week, but I'll go ahead and we'll do a pre-shill here. Hey, wow. Pre-shill. What do you think of the color? It's an interesting color. I like the color a lot. Um, I think it's confusing people. Why? Because everyone assumes it's just a straight up clone of uh, a vintage like Maxon or Ibanez or even. I could see that. I but it's not a that. it's not a clone. It's an original. That should be your your thing. copy. Hey, it's pink, but it's not a clone. <laughs> well, shout out to my my buddy Chris Evans, not Captain America Chris Evans. He's another Chris Evans. But he, if you saw the Instagram post, and I have a few more we're gonna share, but he made these ads that I uh, I wanted to make something that looked like it came out of guitar player. Um, yeah, and I sent I sent it to you some yeah. of the first ideas. But yeah, the one on Instagram just says pure bucket brigade power, and that's it. <laughs> Here's an idea. What if you did an ad series for your pedals based off of Nintendo Power Magazine circa 1996? Get hand-drawn, like, yeah, the dude. Shout out whatever. anybody in the chat remember Nintendo Power? Oh, yeah. Dude, I uh, I think I ha- still have some of those copies laying around. Oh, it, that was, like, what we took to... That's what we got in trouble for at, at elementary school for having, like, yep. during class. And they're like, put that up. And I'm like, but I need to look at this walkthrough for Zelda 2. I need to learn how to p- beat Pokemon Snap. <laughs> they have the whole map of Super Metroid. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm studying. <laughs> yeah, leave me alone. <laughs> um, one of my favorite things, Nintendo Power, when I was, like, in middle school, so you were probably, like, wrapping up elementary school, like, when the N64 came out... Um, but yeah, that was 96 uh, when the 64 Something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was like right as I was getting into middle school. Um, they started putting like soundtracks and I got, um, I think, I, maybe not, but or maybe you could like mail away, but I got like the Super Mario 64 oh, soundtrack sick. and the Killer, Inst- Killer Instinct soundtrack and all this like silly stuff. Dude, I think Nintendo, I had the Donkey Kong soundtrack. Nintendo soundtrack. scores are some of the, the hippest that we were talking about this the other day. The um oh, the yeah. we it's going around TikTok <laughs> now where like people are covering like guitar players on TikTok are covering the and when you see uh. somebody play it as like a chord melody, it's like, dude, that's hip. Like oh man. <laughs> that's I, really I, sick. I play because Graham, my son, loves uh, like video game music. He's he's really into it. And it's like the the chiptune thing drives Morgan crazy. Like she's fine if it's like a actual instruments playing it, but like hearing like the actual like NES chip, right? Like just lined out. She she can't stand it. But um, to me, it's like so inspiring that all these you know 
composers in the eighties, like had basically four or five tracks. Right. Cause there's like a square wave, a sine wave, a sine wave with modulation, a noise. There's like not, there's not much. And they made these fantastic melodies. And so, yeah, Amazing I like stuff, dude, I go on rants about how Koji Kondo is like one of the most <laughs> inspired composers of all time. He, he is like man. Zelda. And he really stuff. is like, it's, yeah. it's amazing. And so I recently got a, I got a PS five and I've been playing I, now. I'm like getting back into video games after like 10 plus years of not really playing stuff. Yeah. And, um, playing destiny like with headphones on mm. and like listening to the sound design and the score it's phenomenal yeah it's so good yeah i have the 3d headphones and it's like it's pretty it's pretty weird that's pretty crazy how far we've come <laughs> bill craig in the chat says my musical claim to fame is one of my band's songs made mlb 2002 as a walk-up song for the batters that's oh nice sick that's awesome do, do you remember uh the xbox game mx versus atv unleashed do you ever play that game it was like the off-road I- I'm sure I, I mean, I know that I'm no of it, but I don't it was know. I didn't so play good. Kind of and it had like the quintessential late 2000s butt rock soundtrack <laughs> to it, but it was like, it had like crossfade and, and a bunch of stuff and it was good. It was, it like fit the vibe of the game. It was fun, you know? Nice, man. I, I have very fond memories of Tony Hawk pro skater one and oh, two and just this and all that stuff. Every all the punk and like all all the stuff on there. There's all so the much, ska like, punk stuff. Yeah. My God, dude, oh, Tony man. Hawk Pro Skater. All right, we have to stop because this is turning into a video game nostalgia podcast. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, let's move on to our, our dip in our rig here. Let's so let dip me dip a rig. Let me drop it into the chat. Upload, upload. <laughs> That's kind of like a Christmas tune, wasn't it? Yep. Oh, buddy. So this was cool. So this is a bird. Uh, this is Anthony Campbell's rig. Oh man. Uh, and he sent his, his setup here, and it's pretty pretty sweet. He's got a 2005 Firebird 5. Love it. A GFI Ultra D10. So I think that's probably like a T or 10-string lap steel. Yep. Or no, uh, pedal, pedal steel. Pedal steel, single neck, right? Or is that, am I seeing a double neck there? I think that's just a single neck. Yeah, it's kind of a weird um, angle. And on his pedal board here, he's got Strobo Stomp, Cali 76, R Weaver Effects Violet Vibe. Uh, some cool. sort of uh, big Univibe. Uh, an Argonaut. Self shill, um, <laughs> Mojo Gear FX AC one twenty eight Fuzz, a Nobles ODR one, Voodoo Lab Giggity, Zcat Vibrato Reverb Trim, and then a Strymon Deco, and he's playing with the Quelter one hundred one R, and then the Interblock forty five into a um, two uh, two one by twelve caps. Also, shout out to the Delorean model on top of the Quelter there. See that? Oh yes, <laughs> Back to the Future. Yes. Uh, so sh- I was I was. I, as soon as I saw the pedal steel, I was like, oh, this guy, he's got to be playing a solid state amp. And I, I then saw the quilter. It makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Um, dude, okay, I love this rig. First of all, shout out to the pedal steel. Yeah. I, I wanted to get a pedal steel for a long time. And then last year, we played a few gigs with Noah where we had a steel player out with us. And I was like, hey, man, let me just let me take a swing at this. And he like kind of showed me the ropes. And within 30 seconds, I was like, oh, no. No, not for me. Hell no. This is hard. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> I can't yeah. do this. Uh, but I love I love pedal steel. It's one of my favorite sounds, I think. Oh, man. I, I was in an Americana band, um, and we had a pedal steel player that would like go on the road with us sometimes because it was such a bear to like drag that thing around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just they're so, so heavy. They're and big. so heavy, dude. My God. Yeah. My God. And uh, they, it, they can blow up amps. So if you're not familiar, the reason I thought about him playing a solid state amp is like because you can get so high up in the register 
I mean, they can they can really overpower some tube amps and, and some speakers. Um, so from what I understand, steel guys are pretty uh, picky when it comes to what kind of amps they play. I think like Little Walter was a big... Um, that's kind of how Little Walter started was building steel amps. Same thing with Milkman, right? Tim Marcus yeah. is a big steel player. Um, they typically like really high headroom, really clean, really powerful amps that can take some abuse, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the Nash the PV Nashville yep. was like the quintessential solid state steel amp for forever. And they usually have like a speaker with like an aluminum dust cap. You know, it's just like the yep. most clear and abrasive thing ever but that's like that's the sound you know yeah because you need an amp that's going to produce a wide i mean it's almost like a full a full scale kind of frequency response because they can go like a a typical 10 string steel like that like you can go real low or real high yeah my favorite pedal steel player though daniel lenoir i don't know if you ever listened to stuff he does with pedal steel but it's unbelievable i i i don't think so I you know I more often than not I'm always hearing like lap steel players, mm-hmm. but pedal steel is one of those instruments that that just like you because we had so many of them at Carter drink, drink. Um, that you know every now and again we'd have one set up and someone would take it in a room and like when they got done I, they, you know if we if we had to give them a bar there would be a bar there and I'd try to like you know try to work it but you know the fact that you're using your hands your knees and your feet <laughs> is. A little too like I struggle just using both my hands playing a normal guitar, you know. Yeah. So um, and, and it's slide very... just regular slide is hard enough for me. So I can't imagine right. like putting it horizontally and then adding my other limbs involved. I I can't do it. So yeah, all respect I'm not to smart the steel enough. players. Yeah, I'm I don't understand harmony and theory well enough to say. <laughs> like, like, oh, this is like changing everything. Like this is changing the the fifth to the. I'm like I don't know what that means. <laughs> so um, shout out to the Firebird Five. That's the one to have. Um, miss me with the uh, the reverse. Or, I can never remember this. Never, this is, never, never get this right. This is a this is a the, reverse Firebird. This is a reverse. Yes. The non-reverse Firebird is awful. I think. I I, I like it. the I non-reverse, but that's just because I'm 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 different. Yeah, it's because you're just weird. The reverse Firebird Five is a killer guitar. Weird thing about Firebirds, if you've never played one, they feel they take they take some getting used to. Because everything has yeah. shifted so far to the left. Um, and you can kind of tell if you just look at the body and you look at where the the tailpiece of the bridge, not the actual bridge, but where the tailpiece is. And then you think about that compared to a Les Paul. The first time I ever played a Firebird, I was sitting down and I went to strum it and my hand just went right into the bridge, right into the yeah. tailpiece. So you kind of have to shift to the left a little bit. Yeah, it's totally, it feels like if you're a guitar player and you're sitting down, it feels like you're playing a, like where the nut is, like a bass. Yeah. But... Um, for me, yeah, they're like Firebirds. I can't play them sitting down. Like standing up, they're cool. I, I like Firebird ones. If I was ever gonna have one, I'd have a Firebird one. Dude, they're so rad. Yeah, but so rad. Um, but yeah, the Firebird five is like that's the Johnny Winter. That's the classic, like yep. you know, Firebird setup. Gibson a couple of years ago, they did the uh, the Clapton Firebird one reissue, and it was yes. you know stupid, ungodly money, but yeah, man, it was cool. Yeah, Firebird ones like originals are pretty rare and expensive. So yeah. like you know, uh, we had a custom shop red one at, at Carter drink drink <laughs> for for and like forever. No one ever bought it. And um, one of one of the videos before John and I took over doing the videos there was JD Samo playing it through a um, a '69 full Marshall Super 
uh, <sighs> tremolo, super tremolo. My amp. God, it was purple. It was yeah, a whole of matching Hendrix, purple, like a Hendrix stack. I mean, I mean, this was like really from 1969. Um, like oh, a, like I mean, legit matching purple. Uh, it was, and it was just him. And I don't see how Walter stood it because he he filmed it standing in front of like JD <laughs> who was standing in front of the cab, and JD just dimes everything. Yeah, and just, like. <laughs> It sounded amazing, but it also just the camera mic was just completely blown out. <laughs> but it was like that is just sick. So the fire, I, there's a soft spot in my heart for the Firebird one because of Clapton and because of like, you know, getting to hear those things. It's just like so neat. And the Firebird pickups, man, they they uh, they do a thing. Drink, yeah, um, they really do. They're not mini humbuckers. They don't. They're just different. It's yeah, it's its own kind of sound. I don't know the difference, like the how they're made. I think they're rails on the inside or something. Yeah, it, it has something to do with the construction. Yeah, because they're not like a mini humbucker is just literally a, a sh- shrunken humbucker. Shrunken uh, humbucker is my side project, by the way. Shrunken humbucker. <laughs> oh gosh, but yeah. So uh, let's moving on to the pedal board here. Yeah, so it's a clean build. Yeah, it's nice. Um, he's got Strobostomp, Peterson, hard to beat. Yeah, and that's got to be for the steel getting that thing yeah tuned. oh gosh yeah yeah i've uh, the only thing i've heard bad about peterson's is that they're so accurate that you can drive yourself mad yeah it'll never be to. yeah perfect um cali 76 if i was ever going to have a compressor that would probably be the one i'd get yep um because it's like you know that's the compressor um big univibe looks sick i love univibes in a big box yeah it's just something about them you know it uh, I, I love I, I need to get a replacement for my Deja Vibe because I sold it ages ago. Get the Sir the the Tinsley the Sir Henry Vibe. It's killer. I, I I really want one of those ones that RJ plays that are are in the bent metal. Like I want it to have the look. Oh, Is, like I mean the original. Yeah. Um, there's something about it. It's like in my brain. It's like it has to be in that like bent metal box. But um, super sick. Um. um Argonaut self shill. Um, yeah, the most octave gear, up. That looks like an RC boost. Is what? What is that? It does, but it that is. Let's see. What did he call it? Uh, it's an AC one twenty eight deluxe fuzz. So it's tro- probably some sort of modified um, fuzz face. Yeah, got it. Got it. ODR one Nashville staple classic staple. Tom Bukovac bought them all when they were like twenty five dollars mm-hmm. and just gave them to everybody. Yep, they're great though. <laughs> I just got um so brown amplification out in kansas city um they they sent me home with the protein which mm-hmm. i believe is the odr1 in one of the uh the sides i haven't played it yet but yeah it's an odr1 and a blues breaker oh yeah that sounds like it's right up my alley the odr1 uh, has too much bass the originals do but don't the modern mm-hmm. ones you can cut the bass right on the like new the new ones, yeah there's, there's yeah. a little trimmer in the back which is really smart and and when when people ask about it it's like because they're, I think, I think they're still only like a hundred dollars. Yeah. Um. You know, what's the best ODR one? It's like the just Nobles. I don't know. Like, <laughs> get that one. I'm just um, like, who who the makes one. the best Ibanez Tube Screamer? Well, you know, everyone. Um, I mean, Ibanez. Like, like love or hate them, you cannot dispute the fact that an Ibanez Tube Screamer sounds just like the original Ibanez Tube Screamers when oh, you compare yeah, yeah. them. Well, yeah, it's like, same with the electroharmonics reissues. Like Josh, the the JHS guys did a video on this last yeah. year, and it was like, yeah, you're right. The reissues, the buy the new ones, they sound just like the old ones. Well, the funny thing about Tube Screamers, uh, and I don't know if the Nobles 
are, are still like this, but literally the tube screamers, it's the same circuit board. It's like, it's it like you open it up and, and like to the untrained eye, you could not tell the difference between them. Right. But, um, uh, but moving on, moving on. So he's got the giggity, which is, I'm not sure what that's based on or what it's based around, but I know it, it's, it's a voodoo lab thing that has like different, um, gain voicings and things like that. Cool. Um, cool. voodoo lab makes great stuff. Like their pedals are great. Uh, and then that next one is like a, what did he say? It was a reverb, a vibrato Tremolo. reverb trim. So it's got That's cool. a lot going on up. Z-Cat. Never, never heard of never that. Heard of that, but looks cool. And then, and then, I mean, hold on. We got to just props. Strymon Deco. <laughs> this is the first time that Deco, I think, has shown up on a, on a rig being dipped. And I think, uh, so. I think it's still Strymon's most underrated best pedal. I know a couple of weeks ago uh, we were talking, or wait, when was that? No, I was on a different podcast. That was on the Tomah podcast. They asked me if if I could have one, either the Deco or the Flint, what would I go with? And I said the Flint. And they were like, really? I was like, yeah, if I could only have one. But the Deco, yeah. dude. The Deco is way more interesting. Yeah, and it's usable too. You can yeah. do all kinds of stuff with the Deco. The boost thing on it, it's they're, they're wicked. I, I always wanted to get one and just never have. And then, you know, they... Strymon pedals are just one of those things like you just just buy a new one because a used one's yeah. going to cost about the same amount. Honestly, I think you should get a Deco. I think you would have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it, I do. I do like them. It it has so the left side is like a tape. So essentially, if you're not familiar, the Deco is like um, essentially like a reel to reel tape machine in a box. I made a video on this like two years ago, self shill. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the left, it's a two sided pedal. The left side is like your tape saturation and you can go all the way from like just subtle, very, just kind of rolling off some top end, adding some warmth kind of thing to all the way, like well, almost fuzz territory. Yeah. Then the right side is everything from double tracker to chorus flanger. As you turn that, that time knob up, it goes from like double tracking, chorus flange, slap back delay to full on like tape echo delay and then there's a dip switch in the in the middle there that lets you switch between different um kind of things so you can do stereo in and out and it'll do stereo delays i mean it's really really cool yeah. you can also set it to take line level and this is one of my favorite things to do with it this is why it doesn't live on a board for me is because i will set it to line level put it on my desk and patch it into my recording system and send drum tracks through it send vocal tracks through it track bass with it like it's really really cool it's a really yeah. cool pedal Awesome. And then he's got a couple quilter amps here. Like, yeah. And he's got the quilter interblock 45, which is like an amp on a, in a pedal. So it's, yep. you know, like the size of a king of tone, essentially. Um, they sent me one of these um, a while back. I traded uh, some pedals for it uh, because I was going to use it as a headphone rig right. for, a, for NAM. Yep. And with headphones, it didn't really work. But running into a cab, it's basically like a JTM 45 sort of amp in a box and running it to a cab is, is pretty impressive right the quilt quilter stuff is is fantastic so I've never i've never spent much time with it mm-hmm. um but i know rj is like a big fan i know there's there's some people out there that are big fans of the quilter stuff and yeah i've heard nothing but good things so yeah that, that the little inner block to me it's like i think i, I ended up a, a buddy needed like a um a backup amp situation so i, I think i sold it to him but it, like that to me is something if you're gigging and you you know have your amp like with you and you need a backup 
mm-hmm. and don't want to bring an amp, like a big amp. Mm-hmm. You just have something like that or any of those small like electroharmonics, little power amp things. Um, right. Because some of, some of those sound pretty good too, you know? Yeah. And what does it cost compared to like an Iridium or something like that? Of course, an Iridium, you can't run directly into a cab. You'd need some kind of... Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, let's just look. Interblock 45. I don't think they're that expensive. Uh, 229. Okay. So, so yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. Yeah. All right, cool. This is a solid rig. Okay. I'm going to give this, I, I love the pedal steel. That's, that's fresh. I love the firebird. I mean, come on. That's the one to have reverse firebird five for the win. The pedal board is great. Big box, Univibe, the ODR1, the Deco. Th- this one's really hitting home for me. The only thing that I would add to this, if this were my setup, is I would probably go with some kind of tweed amp. Um, mm. That's the only thing. I think that I think the pedal steel would sound really cool through that. I know the Firebird sounds really cool through that. But um, other than that, man, I'm going to give this 8.6 shoils. <laughs> I was thinking around eight. I want to, I want to give it eight shoils as well. Uh, only deducting points because I think there's solderless cables on here. Oof. And I, Oof. I don't know why this is just me. Um, I hate those barefoot buttons. I feel yeah, like they break I, foot switches. I can't, I don't understand the need for those. Why do people uh, put those on their pedals? I don't get it. I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, I understand like it's a little bit easier. It gives you a larger area and if you tighten them on, you know, but I have had customers say like, Hey, my foot switch just broke and as I said, wow, that happened there. And they sent me a picture and it's got the barefoot button on it. And I think it like, because you could push it, it it's not exactly, you know, yeah, just it gets a, off at an angle or something. Yeah. You're kind of beating the hell out of it. So yeah. Yeah. But not, it, a fantastic rig. Not into those. And I think they make the pedals look goofy personally. Yeah. But, I, there's some that I've seen some that kind of look okay. I like the one that's on the Argonaut cause it matches the color and it's metal, but the clear ones, I don't know. They just, I can't get behind it. <laughs> it's like the equivalent of when somebody takes a nice car and then paints the wheels a goofy color. It's like, why did you do that? <laughs> you didn't need to do that. And uh, I have yeah. lime green brake calibers behind yeah, a blue wheel on, on a red car. Don't that's, don't do that. So there you go. 8.6 shoils, 8 shoils, solid rig. We love it. If you guys want to submit your rig for next week's episode, you have to be a, a patron, but you can email us at the link down below. And uh, include a little bit of write-up. Now, we have to clarify. We don't want a picture just of all your stuff. Right. Okay? <laughs> we we need, <laughs> like, a like it needs to be a rig. This week's submission was a great, like, that's a rig that you would take to pretty much any gig. Yeah. Um, and that's great. So Because there, there were guitars on the wall, and we didn't mention those. Didn't he didn't mention the guitars. He just yep. talked about, that's a, this is a setup, and that's perfect, 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 perfect. Perfect setup. All right. Cool. So, on to today's subject. Mm-hmm. We might get a little ranty today. <laughs> Zachary. <laughs> you know, um, I don't think anything's going to get as bad as that Marco Polo you sent me where we were talking a little <laughs> more candidly. I don't want to talk about that. I don't talk about that. Uh, I think uh, there might have been one or two uh, alcoholic beverages in your system at that point. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, we're online, we're on the internet, and uh, like everyone else on the internet, we we want to cash in on a trend. We want to we want to try and <laughs> scoop up those uh, those delicious views like uh you're damn right that everyone else is trying to get here we're like the hungry hungry hippo right we're just trying to just constantly chomp for those views uh content so 
let's talk about the the acoustic jazz master now there's two there's two angles to this that i want to cover and i think this is going to cover the rest of our episode here first angle is the guitar itself okay Mm -hmm. uh the good stuff the bad stuff what do we really think about it the second angle is the way that fender released it which is that like giant social media like every guitar channel except me um (laughs) got (laughs) got one and and dropped a video uh, on the same day and literally everybody every literally everybody (laughs) i was in shock i was in shock except me and there's just i think there's a story there we can talk about um and and just you know just so you're clear like fender didn't even like reach out to me or email me or talk about i had no idea and i have a relationship with fender like uh, i love fender they're great um my my guy steven over there is awesome and last year they gave me an esquire for free they gave me one of the american pro 2 strats for free and they gave me uh, a 57 tweed deluxe for free now the the esquire and the tweed deluxe are because i asked for them for some video stuff the american pro 2 was because they were launching it but the acousasonic like they didn't even email me <laughs> and i think there's a reason for it that we'll get into in a little bit um so let's start with the guitar itself yeah um if you have somehow managed to live under a rock and you're not familiar with the acousasonic first of all i'm envious of you um Second of all, let's let, let's explain it for the the uninitiated. Right. So the the Acoustasonic series is basically a reimagining of of a line of guitars that came out probably in the early two thousands, mm-hmm. uh, maybe late nineties, which were kind of more built like an ovation. They had a, a composite plastic material, something on the back. Uh, they were shaped like Strats and Tellys. Had a hole, and um, the original ones didn't have any sort of uh, electric pickup. They had pickups, but but just like a piezo kind of thing. And a couple of years ago, they relaunched the entire brand. Um, I think they're all built in America. Yeah, yeah, they're built in California. Yeah. yeah, they like developed an entire new facility, uh, partnered with Fishman to create a, a new version of the Acoustasonic, which is uh, made of wood and um, has electric pickup that you can combine with. I don't know how Fishman is doing it, but it's some sort of like presets that are made to emulate classic acoustic instruments. And, um, you know, apparently people love them, uh, cause they seem to be selling a lot of them. Uh, okay. We'll get, I, we'll get into that in a second. Well, I mean like it's, it's done well, it's done no, really I get well it. for them, but, uh, but yeah, it's essentially a, a, like a solid body acoustic guitar with some faux, acoustic elements to it it has a sound hole that kind of curls into the top but i don't i would argue that acoustically i've played i've played the strat or i played one when they first came out Uh and unplugged that you know i was like well that's not the point yeah Yeah, well absolutely yeah it's not the point to play it unplugged (sighs) okay so i have so i have thought more about this guitar in the last week than i have thought about any piece of guitar gear (laughs) in recent memory (laughs) i have a lot of just conflicting thoughts and i want to be like objective and fair in this because it's so easy to just come on and like be inflammatory and and just you know rant one way or another and and that's not what i want to do i want to have like an actual constructive discussion because i think this is a really interesting thing that's happening in the guitar world and it could foreshadow where some things are headed Right. That's what I think this sure. is more than just this 
weird hybrid guitar kind of thing happening. Right. And I think Fender thinks that too, because they've dumped a lot of money into this thing. So on the surface as a guitar, I don't get it. I I don't understand. (sighs) I understand that it's very well executed. I understand that it's very well built. I understand that there was a ton of research and development and time and money that got dumped into this thing. I understand that Fishman as a pickup company is like really pushing the limits to make Acoust- plugged up acoustic guitars sound better, which I think is fantastic. I think they do that 100%. Oh, they do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 100%. Fishman's like kind of at the bleeding edge of that kind of thing, which is a problem that needs to be addressed because for all of history, plugged up acoustic guitars sound like trash. <laughs> right. Yeah. It doesn't matter how nice the guitar is. They all sound bad. Um, I don't understand why Fender decided to go down this route of building a guitar that is not a good electric. It's not a good acoustic. It looks so strange. All of them, the Strat, the, the Tele, this Jazzmaster. First of all, this isn't a Jazzmaster. Like, let's get that straight. It, it's just right. a Jazzmaster in sort of the shape, but it has an acoustic bridge on it. It mm-hmm. has a sound hole in the middle yeah. of it. Like there, there's nothing jazz master. It has a humbucker. It has, has a humbucker. Yeah. There's nothing jazz master about this guitar at all. Yeah. Other than the shape. Kimmel in the chat said it's, it's a, a it's a solution in search of a problem. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. So years ago I had a Taylor T5 mm-hmm. and I, that guitar was not good. It was not right. a good guitar. Taylor makes great guitars. The T5 wasn't good. It sucked as an acoustic and it sucked as an electric because it was one guitar trying to do both things. Yeah. I've played the Acoustasonic Tele and I think it falls in the same category. It's not a good acoustic guitar. It's not a good electric guitar. I don't understand why they're $2,000, first of all. Um, and I don't understand who the target market is for this. I think that's right. the biggest thing that's been confusing me. Is like Fender is a huge company full of smart people. They're hugely successful. They've obviously done lots of market research and decided that this is a good thing to do. I just don't get it. I don't know who this is going right. for. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. And I, I, because in today's world, I don't feel like it's hard to play an acoustic guitar loud and, and get a decent sound, you know, on stage. Not any, not anymore. I mean, if you've, if you have an acoustic that doesn't have a pickup or some sort of solution in it and you don't want to put it in it, sure. It's a little, it's a bit of a pain to have a mic if you're playing with an actual band, but for the most part, you can get a mediocre acoustic with a mediocre pickup and get a pedal uh, something that Fishman or, or LR Bags is making and get a really good sound for not a lot of money. Yeah, actually, speaking of, so this is this is kind of a shill. They just sent this to me, um, and I haven't spent much time with it yet, but the LR Bags voice print DI thing. Oh. This is like a DI kind of modeler thing that you essentially plug your guitar into, and it models a bunch of like mic'd up acoustic sounds. I think this right. is a great solution this is a great idea to the problem of plugged up acoustic guitars right yeah i i i think i think that is the 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 biggest thing it's like who is getting these guitars 
And, and I honestly, I can see more of people getting interested in perhaps the telly shape and the strat shape. They make it, they make a telly shape, right? I'm not yeah, yeah, the, yeah okay. they have the strat, the telly, and now the jazz, the jazz master. So, I mean, I get it. The jazz master seems like a really odd choice because the thing, the, the natural progression of this to me is make something that looks more like an acoustic guitar because yeah. the shape of the thing doesn't really matter. Right. The, the thing that matters is the pickup system and how it feels. Well, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not even there. I, I'm, I'm still on the, I'm still on square one, which is like, why, why do this in the first place? And, and let me, let me back up here and say, Fender, I'm really, really glad to see you just trying stuff. Right. Right. I, I think the, uh, like the Tone Master series amps, that's them just like trying stuff. And I think doing a really good job of it. And I think the guitar market, like we need that. We need, sort of the next generation of, of, you know, makers and builders and companies of like trying things. Um, yeah. Especially people that have the money to like actually actualize. An idea. Yeah, exactly. I still don't get it though. Like yeah. the tone master thing, totally get great idea. You guys are killing it on that. This, <laughs> like who need, who needs for, and, and the big thing for me is the price. If this was seven ninety nine, I'd get it. Be like, okay, cool. It's a niche thing. It'll go out. It's for people that like want to play, you know, they want to take one guitar to a gig or whatever, and they just want to bang around on this thing. I get it. It's fine. Right. $2,000 though. I don't get that. I, I would, I would actively, honestly, if anyone asked me, I would tell them don't buy that guitar for $2,000. I would say, do not spend $2,000 on an Acoustasonic guitar. Right. $2,000. You can get a really good electric and a good acoustic for $2,000. Oh, yeah. And Huntiboo, uh, Huntiboo, I don't know how to say his name, in the chat said, what kind of amp are you supposed to play it through? Because how is the the wiring even done? Does it, do, Is there a stereo jack where you can send it out to like front of house and go it into a guitar amp? That's or? actually a good question I haven't considered. Because the, uh, yeah, now, that, now that's a problem. It's like, so... The, and the other thing too, the the biggest problem that I had with the T5 was you couldn't gig it. It's hollow. It's like it's a fully hollow, thin line guitar. So as uh-huh. soon as you started playing with an amp, the thing would just howl in feedback. Um, right. And the, this with the acoustic sonic. Now I haven't played one live. I haven't played one on stage with an amp, uh, so I can't comment on whether it's got the similar problem. They may have taken steps to address that, but yeah. It's like if I brought one of my tube amps and I was playing that, well, then I'm not going to play the acoustic setting through the tube amp. So then then I'm going to bring a DI for the acoustic setting, an ABY box to switch between the right. two. I, I just don't get it, man. I don't get yeah. it. Yeah, I think, I think that, that's, a, that's a big question that I've had um, since, this, since this launch. And I, I wanted to say you're talking about it just we can we can touch on the marketing but thank god i released that delay pedal on monday because if it came out on tuesday no one would have seen it oh we'll get to the marketing in a second i think the marketing is another big part of this w- one thing that that i mean i don't know if this is above all because it is i struggle with the, the entire concept of this guitar but how do you feel about the aesthetic of it i hate it i just hate it, it do, it do looks... you mind the ones that are just wooden 
you know, there's just nothing. I think it would have been so much better had they not done the sound hole. I don't understand the need for the sound hole. I've seen some of the marketing that says that it does something for the sound and for the acoustic sound or whatever, but it just, it. (sighs) They have, I'm on their website and they have one that's got a Coca Bola top and it's $3,300. Dude, no. Yikes. Okay. No. Woo. Woo. Don't buy that. <laughs> Don't buy that for $3,300. And you know what? Maybe I'm, I'm saying this at risk of Fender never working with me again. I'm fully aware of that. Um, so to anybody this, this out This might there have that, to be a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> no, uh, look, no, I'm not. I'm not. Because, you know, everyone thinks that, oh, YouTubers, they're not ever going to say anything negative about a company because they're not going to turn off that sweet free gear. It's like, right. no, I'm. I, I'm being. I think this deserves some some criticism here from my perspective. Again, which is why they didn't even email me. <laughs> right. I think there had to have been some sales meeting somewhere where they were like discussing who, what YouTubers to send it to, and, and a big whiteboard. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm speculating that at some point my name was brought up, and somebody was like, "Nope, no, don't." Don't don't send one. <laughs> Remember how he knocked Gibson down a peg or two? Holy oh my god, man! I I yeah the 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 whole aesthetic of it with the sound hole and like the telly. I I think the telly gets it's the the one that makes the most sense. The slanted bridge pickup. It like the tel, the the sound hole still looks goofy on it. Yeah, but yeah, like I. If if you held a gun to my head and said pick one, I'd pick the Telecaster. Yeah, yeah, I th- I would agree with that. I, the, but, the Telecaster, I was like, okay. The 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 car like the the arm carve on it, and then you know there's this clear delineation between the top uh, veneer or the paint, and then you see that curve of wood. To me, that is it looks it looks how we, and and this is oh man, <laughs> talk about Fender will never even bother talking to me again anytime <laughs> I've talked to those guys. Um, uh, it looks like a cheap import shredder guitar that has like all these crazy curves and then it has a veneer or finished top where you can see that it's two definite pieces, different pieces of wood. And to me, it's really unattractive. I don't understand And, and look, all. that's totally subjective. I, you know, yeah, 100%. The people, people love it. I, our personal opinion is I just don't, I don't like it. To me, it's the sound hole. I would get it more if it didn't have the sound hole in the middle of it, but that's that's just a deal breaker me but objectively that's just just my thing um my my other sort of question is and and look if you are watching this or listening to this and you have bought one of these or you are wanting to buy one of these do not take this as us like it's not a personal attack it's not a personal attack we're not like oh you're an idiot for buying even though i did just say don't buy that but don't if you got one, please let us know why you got it yeah, and why you're using it. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious because I am, from my perspective, I'm struggling to see how or who would use this guitar. Right. How or who. I don't know if that makes sense, but. I, I mean, it because to me, the uh, one question I've seen repeated in the chat and, and in other places is what strings do you put on it? I think you put you electric know? strings on it. And I think, okay. I think they voiced the acoustic pickup with that in mind, I think. So... <sighs> Is this designed to be like just your one guitar for a set? You know, I guess someone in the chat also said this is for guys who play wedding at wedding gigs. I'm like, well, you know, yeah, I could see that. Um, but but just bring even two then, guitars. I guess, like, yeah. How do you not have that time to switch? 
because just have, is too, have an acoustic on one of those stands where you walk up. Yeah, and just, you play. just bring bring an acoustic and electric. Like it's fine. This this is again, uh, whoever said it in the chat, I think they're right. This is a solution in need of a problem. Yeah. So the way I always gig. I'm always bringing at least two guitars just to have a backup and I use both guitars. You know, I'll bring a, usually a single coil and a humbucker guitar for a gig. Right. And that way if, if, and when I break a string, I don't have to worry about changing strings and, and it's not, I will bring an acoustic and an electric. Sometimes I'll bring an acoustic and two electrics. It's not a problem. Like I've never been on a gig where I've brought two electrics and an acoustic and thought, oh my God, I wish I didn't have to bring all these guitars. Like, this is such a pain. This is like really slowing me down. It's an extra 30 seconds of setup and breakdown time. Yeah. And it's a couple points in the set where you're switching guitars. Yeah. I I don't see the need, even even with the artists that I know and have played with who switch between acoustic and electric during the gig, they just switch in between songs and Mm -hmm. it's fine <laughs> right like, apparently they come with acoustic strings oh really yeah which i mean acoustic strings it's you know, fine you Whatever. can use a magnetic pickup it's not yeah the deal, it's, 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 yeah i get but it. as fine. far as like a playability standpoint um i mean i guess the whole idea is you're not going to shred on this thing you know you're not i guess be playing, and know. then there's the other side of the sound and just judging off of the youtube videos that i've watched i thought paul david's video was the best um just you know, knowing that it's Paul, he he killed it. He totally killed right. it. I just don't think it sounds good. I, I think. To, did you plug one in when you played it, or did you just like kind of play? I, I just it? like sat and held it, and, and and to be fair, like the build quality, it felt really nice. Like right. you could tell, like it's, it's this an American-made, well-made Fender guitar, and like again, the people that are building these things, because that's the other thing I want to be careful of too. With this, is like it's so easy for people on the internet to just sit on your, you know, armchair and just shit on these products. But you have to also realize, man, like these are people like this is people's jobs to build these things It's people's jobs to like develop these things. And like a lot of people put a lot of time and hard work into developing this product. And I want to be respectful of that. Um, So yeah, from a build quality perspective, I totally get it. It's very well made. I just, it doesn't sound good. I think, I think to, to pull this off, you would have had to make it sound so unbelievably realistic in terms of the acoustic sounds, and you'd have to make it sound so much like uh, a jazz master or a telly or a strat or whatever that it's like, well, yeah, it might look a little goofy and it might be a little weird, but you can't deny that it sounds great, but I don't right. think they pulled that off. Yeah, I, I plugged one in and played it at Corner Music. Shout out to them in Nashville. And and I was like, okay, you know, it sounds sounds pretty good. But, you know, I, I remember playing a, a Martin that had the Fishman Aura system, the one that had all the emulated microphone, mm-hmm. like, thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I, this was years ago, and it was plugged into, like, just a Bose, one of those Bose tower yeah. things. Mm-hmm. And it sounded, like, shockingly good. Yeah, I have one of the Fishman Aura DIs that I bought, like, yeah. years ago when I was gigging with an acoustic and it again like that voice print di it's really good it has a three band right. eq on it it has the compressor on it and you can dial in the different profiles and then you can blend in the amount of profile with the uh, the acoustic di sound yeah and that I mean, to the, me they, they were doing that six or seven years ago and it sounds right. awesome you know i i use i have a k and k in my my gibson mm-hmm. j j50 and I, I run it. Bourgeois, yeah. They're great. And I run it into a LR bags para DI, just the, mm-hmm. that little brown brick yep. that everyone has. And you tweak that. It sounds awesome. Like I don't, you're right. Like 
if 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 the acoustic series and i don't think they sound bad um and i think it, it takes a little work to make them sound really good but i think you could do that but in a gig situation if you don't have time to switch between an electric guitar and acoustic guitar how are you going to have time to like fiddle with presets unless you have it all like on some sort of MIDI setup or a multi-effect to go from like your killer acoustic sound to your killer electric sound. If you don't have time for that, like I I don't see the need for this guitar. And you know what? I think I'm realizing now, I think we are not the target audience for this. Oh, absolutely not. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) I don't, I don't know that like, I think to use a, what was the comment a couple weeks ago? We're a little too inside insider baseball or whatever <laughs> inside baseball. Yeah. <laughs> I think, but this, not even then it totally doesn't fit with our, our approach to the instrument and our approach to gigging, you yeah. know, like it doesn't, it, it has, it has to, it has to solve a problem that you have and we don't have that problem, but who has the problem? That's my question. It's like, who has this problem? You know what? This, this kind of ties back into something, something I was going to talk about at the beginning about how I'm going to approach setting up my, uh, my workspace. Right. <laughs> so I, um, I was talking to Adrian at Thorpey Pedals over in the UK, and he mentioned Japanese, like, um, constru- uh, how, the, how they set up manufacturing, and they have this thing called Kaizen. Uh, have you ever heard about this? I think I have, actually, in, in, car, in the car world. Yeah, it's like the, that, the idea toy- of like, perfection and... That's yeah. it. it to, Toyota um, came up with this, and it's like change for the better, Kaizen. Right. And uh, the idea is if you see a solution, you make a small change and fix the problem right then and there. And then from that point on, everything gets easier and easier. And I feel like for a lot of people, this guitar is doing that for their gig. You know, it, it's their solution to a problem that they have. You know, it may not make sense for us. And I don't think there's any way we I can. Just- don't I don't that. agree with that though. I don't. Well, I don't like, either. But like you know, this is all really personal, and you know, someone's, you know, you know, I like, again, if you have one of these guitars, and obviously there's a lot of people out there that do, um, let us know what you think. Look, you know, watch the video, hear what we say, and then give us some opinion. Yeah. On. Again, I, I just want to reiterate, like we're not trying to just just be negative. Like this is this is an open discussion. Like, let us know in the comments. I want to know right. because I want to know, I want to be, I want to have my eyes opened here because as, as of right now, I don't get, especially at $2,000. I don't get it at $2,000. Yeah. Again, if it was seven ninety nine, even if it was a thousand, if it was nine ninety nine, I'd be like, ah, it's a little pricey, but okay. But at $2,000, sure. I don't get it. I think it's it's way too much money, and yeah. especially for the the problem that it's trying to solve, that I don't really see as a big problem to begin with, um, I, and with the aesthetic issues and and it's just the, it's not for us. It's not the, for us. It's not for us. The biggest question that I have, and maybe I, I, I maybe we should try and like talk to someone at Fender about this. It's like why what made you go down this path? And and I don't say that in a condescending, like <laughs> what happened you to you? <laughs> no, I, I mean that in, a, in the most genuine way. Like I want to know the thought process behind why you decided to sink millions of dollars more than likely into development, tooling, manufacturing promotion, because have you seen the commercials for this thing? Like the commercials that they've oh, shot are awesome. unbelievable. The, the one that was like, it goes, like, spins? It was like spinning and liquid, like whoever produced that commercial was 
phenomenal. Oh, dude, they got they earned every cent they they put. Yeah, they, that they could not have been thing. cheap because the product. I I was I watched the commercial like three or four times on Instagram. So I was like, wicked. What? How did they do but, that? There's one where the table starts like rippling, like there's sound on amazing. it. Amazing, like, amazing, fantastic. It's amazing. It's amazing. But okay, so let's let's move on to the second part of this, which is the the YouTube marketing thing. So sure. Um, this is interesting. If you, if you follow other, other, um, niches in YouTube, specifically like the tech niche and like the camera mm-hmm. niche, this kind of marketing campaign has been going on for years, which is a company sends out products to the influencer community with an embargo. And they say, okay, here, you can have early access to this camera and the official release date for you to drop your video is whatever. Now I took part in this most recently with the quad cortex. That's the, as far as I can remember, that's the only time I've ever done that is like drop the, a video didn't on the night release sky? day. No, because I didn't, I don't think I dropped the night sky video oh, until no. like a week later or something like but that. But you did have an embargo, but you didn't drop a video. Yeah. I had an embargo, but in the night sky but, wasn't yeah. as big as like the quad cortex or this. No, no. They, they yeah, sent that no, out to like sure. a handful of people. Um, and my review of the night sky was like, it's cool. Don't, if you're a guitar player, I don't think it's for you. <laughs> don't buy it. <laughs> Which I stand by. I think, I think that's still right. But anyway, um, I didn't know this was coming out. And then I saw, what was it? Tuesday or Wednesday? It was Tuesday. I saw my feed just inundated Blanketed. with Sonic stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Paul got one. Oh, Mary got one. Oh, they got, oh, they got one. Oh, they got one. They got one. They got one. Hold on. And I started like going through and it's like, everybody got one. So how do we feel about that? And by we, I mean, how, how do you guys feel? Is that, is that annoying when, when, and I'm asking the chat here, I'm also asking the comments, like, yeah, does it turn you off? To, to me, it feels really disingenuous. And, and, and I, I know this is the world we live in, right? Um, to get noticed, you have to make a big splash. Right. I mean, I don't feel like Fender has to do that as much as, you know, so if, if I had done that, uh, it would have been, you know, monumental. It would have also cost me more money than I could afford. But like, I, it, whenever I see that, just me as, as, as a consumer, it really turns me off. Right. Oh, Matt corrected me. In the JHS Legends of Fuzz, I was in on that too. Yeah, you're right. You're right. right. Totally right. I did that. So I've done it twice, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the chat's like super annoying, hated it, instantly turns down interest. And you know what? I feel the same way. Yeah. Like I learned something in this as not being part of this release. Um, Honey Boo, I literally unfollowed several <laughs> accounts because of it. I had a similar reaction. And this was like as a YouTuber and as one of these people being on the other side of it, I was like, oh, I don't. I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. And, and this is, I'm not dishing on any of my, you know, fellow creators or friends or anything. Like, again, I've done it. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, but I don't know that I will do it again after, after seeing this week, it'll have to be a really special thing for me to want to jump in on like the big release day. And again, I say that, knowing full well that any company or marketing person that hears this probably means I won't get the thing. That's totally fine. I'm, I'm not right. worried about the gear and I don't get paid for these videos either other than keeping whatever piece of gear. So, you know, it's not a bottom line or money thing for me. Um, but yeah. 
Yeah, I, man, I, I felt this way for, for, for a time because this is not a new tactic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, the reason it was like so shocking this time was just because the guitar was so garish, but I, I, I feel like it's just forcing a reaction or something. If it, it just feels so, I don't want to use the word phony. I mean, that's, that's the first thing I want to say, but just it, just knowing that Fender or whoever, when they do this, they're sinking. I mean, it's just in, just in gear, you know, even if the guitar, you know, the guitar doesn't cost them $2,000 to make, mm-hmm. but, but they're still losing every single, you know, all the money that it took to produce that instrument. And they're just giving those away. And I mean, right. how many guitars did they give away? 30? Uh, you know, that's a ton yeah. of money and, and you know that they had to pay some of those people, um, which is fine. That's their job. That's what they're there to do. That's what, you know, they're there for, if that's their MO, right. you know, fine. But to me, it's just, it's an immediate turnoff to know that, oh, this company is not trying to build this up with a grassroots or a, a natural, just people's excitement. They're just wanting everyone to see it and get excited about it. And right. then, I feel like it's going to fade away and it's, it just really rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. So so the chat's talking about, you know, you can't be objective when you're being paid to show it off and and you're, you're right. And, and you could even argue with that too. Like, well, if you get to keep the gear, then that's payment and you can't be objective there. I actually disagree with that. Um, Yeah, I do too. I, I remain pretty objective with all my videos when I'm making them, even when I get to keep the gear. Um, but you have to keep in mind too, that, the point of all these videos is not necessarily to be objective. You're right. If, if a company is paying you in a lot of cases, like thousands of dollars to make these videos and giving you the piece of gear. Yeah. They don't want you to be objective. They want the, they want the views. They want the eyeballs, which is fine. I mean, it's advertising, right? That's how, that's how magazines have (laughs) worked for decades and decades. Hey, I'm going to pay you to buy an ad in your magazine, right? In many ways, YouTube, guitar YouTube is the modern day. It's what, you know, guitar player magazine was in the eighties or nineties, right? Like we're all, we have our own magazines essentially. And so that's not something that I typically do like in terms of the, the paid, Hey, this video is sponsored by this. Now I'm going to show you this pedal and talk about how great it is. The Mythos Oracle, for example. For instance, this Mythos Oracle, this analog delay, it's the most analogy delay you'll ever play. Yeah. Um, So just because it's a creative thing for me, I have experienced a few times. um, So the most recent one was the Captor X. Last year, uh, Two Notes wanted to pay me to make a video about the Captor X. And I quoted them a price thinking that it wouldn't work. And they were like, uh, okay, cool. And I was like, whoa, okay. And then we went back and forth for a few months on how to make the video. And when a company is paying you for a video, oftentimes they want input in how the video is made and what you say. They want to see the video before it goes live. They want to suggest edits, which is totally fair, right? They're paying you to have access to your platform. That didn't work for me. And what we ended right. up doing with two notes was like, hey, look, I want to make the video that I want to make about this thing. I think it's a cool piece of gear. I genuinely like it. Therefore, I'm going to make a video on it. But I want—I have to maintain control of this. I have to be able to say whatever I want to say about it. Therefore, forget the money. Let me just keep the thing and I'll get to make the video. You guys don't see it before it goes up. I just make it and put it up. And right. they were cool with it. 
So you have to keep that in mind. Like when you're watching YouTube and you see this whole dump of videos, they're not all like reviews, right? Paul's was a review. And he said at the end of the video, like, yeah, I wouldn't buy this thing. Um, But I think some of the other ones were just like, hey, here's this new jazz master. Check it out. You know? Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a weird line in a conversation that maybe we've had already. And and I think we could have, you know, a multitude of times, but I, I, I I barely watched any of them. I saw some, I saw RJ, he like a post on Instagram and it sounded pretty cool, like doing a little bluesy thing, but it's like, you know, RJ could play, you know, Mm -hmm. his, his like play my Novo unplugged and it would sound just as interesting. (laughs) That's the other thing you have to keep in mind. I think, um, that pedal show did a, a video on this recently, like gear demos. You have to keep in mind with gear demos, like, like I know how to play guitar. I know how to produce guitar tracks. I know how to make things sound the way I want them to sound. Yeah. So if you hear me play the mythos Oracle, the most analog <laughs> delay that you'll ever play, it may not be like a, an actual fair representation and it may not be what, sends you over the edge of whether you should buy the mythos uh, oracle man, the most I, analog delay you'll ever play <laughs> because i'm putting a lot of work into how i make my guitar sound and that may not be your mileage may vary basically yeah well i mean i think the perfect example of this is andy at pro guitar shop he made every pedal sound great through a deluxe reverb and i'm right. here to tell you folks that's not always true right <laughs> so um you know it, they're absolutely right 100 yeah. percent so. so acoustic jazz master listen again what's next what's next <laughs> what's next somebody in the chat said uh the acoustic p bass <laughs> see to me that would be that would make more sense because if it had like an upright thing you know i like, guess like you're not like it's easier to haul around an electric bass than an upright bass that's why that's they built true. the damn things but <laughs> like <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And this is something that I think a lot of people forget. Like in the early fifties, when guitar was in, it was still King, like the electric bass, even though it was super crucial, hadn't really taken off that much yet. And so people were still playing uprights and having to gig with those things. These lucky guitar players have showed up with a little box in a, in a case and their amp and then their case. Anyway, that's, um, so, uh, yeah, there we go. An hour of dishing on the, the jazz master. No well, fender will never work with us again. Yeah, what what would be the uh, the acoustic Mustang? Um, I, I don't know. like the travel version. Like I don't a know. Short do they need to do any more uh, of these? Like that's my other question. Is like I didn't think I didn't see this one coming. So I had a dealer. You know their name will, will, will remain a mystery. Uh, send me say hey like they said ah oh, I can't believe they're releasing this thing and they told me like a week or so before it even came out and I was like they're making what? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm. I'm fully anticipating something else like that happening because I mean, if this is a hit, they're going to keep on, you know, swinging yeah. for the fences and look more baseball here, fender fender. Please hear me say, I I applaud you for trying new things, man. Try new things. Sure. We talked about the beginning of the episode. Try it out. Try new things. Just try it. This, in my opinion, <laughs> in this YouTuber's opinion, <laughs> Uh, didn't, didn't land, but obviously I'm in the minority because a lot of people are buying these things and they yep. must be making a killing on them because they've made three of them now. So props to Fender. I'm glad people are buying guitars. I'm glad people are keeping that company going. 
I'm, I'm a Fender guy. I get it. I like what they do, but this is just not for me. Nope. Well, you want to move on to our shill of the week? Yeah. After we, after we unshilled Fender, let's, let's make up for it by shilling for other stuff. Sure. (laughs) Somebody, people, people were telling me last week, like, dude, you should make a Rhett shill t-shirt with like the S is the money sign kind of thing. It's like, I don't know. Uh, No, I know. No, don't do that. That's a little too on the nose uh, nose. for like, I don't, I don't know. It's like, you don't want to give your enemies ammunition. (laughs) Well, I think it kind of takes the ammunition from them. Maybe. But anyways, all right. Speaking of shilling. Yes. You want me to go first? Yeah, go first. Okay. So I don't know where you can, well, I know where I bought this. I'm taking my light off of this thing, but this thing is really handy for me. And I think more people should know about it. So I have this metal stand. It's just a hinged. I don't know what What it started life at, but it's called a rip flip. And they're made by this dude in Nashville, but it's just a a heavy duty. I don't know what it's metal. I don't know what kind of metal with some rubber feet. And this is got Velcro on it. And it's made for putting your tuner on when you're doing guitar setups. This guy um, is a tech, uh, you know, for, you know, big touring guitar players. And he made these as on your workbench. You have this, you can Velcro, you can take your pedal tuner off your your um your pedal board or if you have another tuner you can just velcro it right to here any tuner and plug it in where you're doing setups and it's super handy and i've used it for pedal videos whenever i right put a pedal up for doing a video i can just velcro it right to this it holds it it's you know it has a wider base so it keeps it from going anywhere but yeah i don't know i i've never seen anyone talking about these and i don't even know if he's still making them it looks like a hinge for a um like a uh <laughs> big door gate or door yeah, or like a gate hinge that looks like but, something you'd see on shark tank yeah yeah sharks like, i'm looking for five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> for five percent of my company rip and flip oh oh my gosh shark tank every single member of my family <laughs> and i use this for my light and it's a super handy but if you if you do setups a lot and you have like a workbench i think it's a, no it's, it's a, a cool, cool product idea. i like that that's but cool every single member of my family when when they're you know they ask about the pedal business and i'm like oh it's doing well they're, oh you're going shark tank you're going shark tank like no I, that's the least punk rock thing of oh, oh, me building it up myself and growing this business to support my family isn't enough. I need to go on television and talk to these goobers that don't know anything about anything about any, uh, gu- guitars or anything. They don't have oh, like, no, thank you. Sharks. I'm looking for a hundred thousand dollars for 5% of the Oracle, the most analog delay you'll ever play. <laughs> Have you always wanted that sweet bucket brigade tone, but didn't know where to find it? Have you always wanted to be able to have an analog delay with a tap tempo, but you hate uh, the other colors and you have to have red on your pedal board? (laughs) Hence the Oracle. The only thing I want Mark Cuban to do is is still uh, push cryptocurrency so all of my investments <laughs> continue to go up. That, that's, all, that's all I want I from can him. see them all like sitting at their, their chairs like looking at this like, mm, I like the knobs. Oh, the knobs oh, are very yeah. nice. What, tell me about these switches. Did you I, did you make these switches? or? So are these custom? Do you build each one individually for How a single player? How many have you player? sold? Hmm, they're all like writing in their notebooks. But they're not writing shit in there. Come on. That, that's yeah. just, that's for, oh, we're doing business here. I just have like, there's no, there's not even a <laughs> ink in their pen. It's just like, there's. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway. The memes in the, the chat right now are great. 
I've never, I've never watched Shark Tank because I know it would immediately make me angry. I like, actually, I, know, I actually it's kind a of cool enjoy con- it. It's a cool concept, you know. People get, you know, you know, they have a thing. But like for for me, it's like, like it's like all your friends when they find out you sing and they're like, oh, you should go on American Idol. Oh, you like, do no, you shouldn't. No, yeah, you should like, not do that. Although I will say there up. have been some some success stories that came from that show. It's not all. I can't like, watch just, it. It's not all um, just reality TV BS. Like there have been I some successful. I, I, we were watching it last night, actually. I kind of enjoy it. To me, it's like watching someone sing in church when you're a kid. And like, <laughs> like there's that person up on, ch- you know, on the stage at church and they're singing. It's like, to me, I can't even look at him. I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Holy shit. You're right. It's, it's kind of like that. It is kind of Because you're that. like, you, you're like doing one of these and like. Uh, What's well, <laughs> funny too, because you get people that come in there. The one last night, this, this woman had, she. She had developed this thing for like diaper cream where it's like a nozzle that you put on there and it like swipes <laughs> I thought you were on talking it. about the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was on the voice talking about diaper cream. No, she had done this uh. thing and the genius, the she and the thing she did right was get it patented herself. She didn't spend like $100,000 getting a patent done, which I was like, bravo. But yeah. she completely missed the point of why she was even on there because the real genius behind her design was the fact that it would fit different sized like nozzles on different like tubes of things. So it's like you could have one cap that would fit on like a bunch of different sizes of and, and products. And like, that was the real idea. The diaper cream nozzle was kind of a flop, but <laughs> I got, I started yelling at the TV cause one of the guys I didn't know who it was, was like, okay, I'll give you this. I want 10% of the diaper cream thing, but I want a hundred percent of the licensing on the dual nozzle thing. And I was like, no, don't you take that deal. Don't you take that deal. He's stealing your idea from you. That's horrible. Right. And she was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Blah, blah, blah. And so that's, I got, I got suckered into the reality TV Dumb thing. people. So. Anyway, anyway, what's your shill? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, this is a really niche product that most people won't care about, but I'm really, really excited about. I bought some new microphones and they came in this week. I got oh, oh I've seen those I've some, used those yeah so I bought my first set of ribbon mics both from AEA now I did get an artist deal an artist price on these so I didn't pay full price so it is somewhat of a shill of a sponsor no no thing. I mean like I get industry <laughs> pricing too it's like it happens yeah. it's you know so um ribbon mics I've been in 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 the hunt for a, a good ribbon mic for quite some time. I love ribbons. They, they're really useful. You can use them for all kinds of stuff. So I went to, I've used these on sessions before. Um, the one I'm showing right now is the R84 from AEA. I mean, just look at that thing, dude. Oh, they're so cool. They're so cool. It just looks rad. Then the other one I bought is the R92, which we can show a picture of. Um, but yeah, they're great on vocals. I, I was going to use it as my vocal mic today, but I thought it might be a little like <laughs> kind of goofy little looking. Much. Just, yeah, just <laughs> with like this. Um, but yeah, they're they're really cool. Um, just really useful ribbons. You can use them on literally everything: guitars, There's, acoustics, pianos, vocals, drums. They're awesome. Layman Vintage or Layman? What is it? Layman Drug Company. It's it's a Layman Lyman Drug Company. Drug? Layman, like L A Y. Okay. Um, they're a studio in Nashville off like Third Avenue, and I, I've recorded demos there with Joey and um, Ariel and stuff. And they have like a live room upstairs where they do all their tracking. And they have one of those. And it's huge. I don't know, like I don't know the model. Oh, the big, like the big one. It's a big. So one. that's the R eighty eight. That's the stereo version of that of this. That's basically two of these in one. 
they, case. They, they use that as a room mic. Yeah, they're um, super cool. And it's, I, I remember when I was listening back after we, you know, recorded and they were like, oh, this is the room mic. And I was like, just use that. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because we I, were I, loud and stuff. I, I did a session at the Bomb Factory in Nashville um, a few years ago where we used an R88. It was like an acoustic and then two or three singers. And we just all got around the mic and, and played. And it sounded amazing. They're so yeah, cool. That's so neat. I'll probably end up getting one of the R88s too because. These things sound really good. They're made in LA, I think. AEA is based out of LA. But so, yeah, the, the 84 is kind of like their standard, you know, their kind of go-to mic for everything. The R92, um, I've used it on guitar before, and that's primarily what I got it for. It's a really good kick mic, it's really good guitar mic. It's good on vocals too. But interesting thing about the um, R92, and I think the 84 as well. So a, a, a ribbon mic is a figure eight pattern, which if you're not familiar, I did a video on this not too long ago, self-shill. Um, basically, it picks up in front of the mic on axis and it picks up right behind the mic and there's null points on the side. So picture a figure eight, right? Yeah. And what they do is they voice the different nodes differently. So on the R92, the front is like very crisp, very clear, very accurate. But then you can turn the mic around and mic your source with the back of the mic and it's more of a vintage ribbon sound. So it's rolling off a lot of high end. It's, it's yeah. more warm. There's more bass response. Um, yeah. There's all kinds of cool stuff you can do with ribbons. I love microphones. Yeah. Do, so, do you have any of the fat heads? I don't have any fat heads. No, I, that, that was my, when I first tried to start making like demos myself, someone was like, Oh, just get a cascade fat head. And like you, if you have a 57, just use both of those. And it's like, you're done. For, for like, you know, the entry level guy. Yeah. Cause like fat heads are cheap. Um, yeah. Like all things considered. All but, things uh, considered. Yeah. But they're like really robust. And I think it, they even have protection. If you accidentally send like phantom power to it, you won't blow them up. Yeah. Um, so, so you have to be careful with ribbons for, for two things. Um, first of all is like air moving. So yeah. if you're micing a kick drum, you never put a ribbon in front of the port. Yeah. Cause it'll, it can actually like break the ribbon or stretch the ribbon. Um, so one thing you always want, if you are going to mic in front of the port, you put a pop filter in front of the ribbon. The other thing you want to be careful of is, um, phantom power. Generally yeah. you don't send phantom to a ribbon. Now these AEAs, they have some protection built in, so you won't blow the ribbon if you run phantom. Right. Um, so, but just as a general rule, <laughs> when I, when I hired Chris, the first thing I told him, I was like, cause I just ordered these mics. It's like, listen, rule number one of the studio never send phantom power to a ribbon mic yeah just don't or do lay it. or store it laid down <laughs> or store it laid down yeah just yeah. don't do it so well there we yeah. go there we go everyone long episode today we had to make up for <laughs> we not did. being here last week um and, and you know lastly just thinking about the acoustasonic again sorry <laughs> i can't oh i'm tied up If you have an electric guitar that can do this, just mic it up because it'll sound probably just as good. <laughs> <laughs> One last burn. I had to get oh, it in there. God. Yeah. They're Sorry never going to work with us again. No, it's fine. I'm, it's fine. I'm friends with some of those guys, but like I, that, you know, we're, we're both, we're, we're competitors. They're making their pedals. I'm making mine so they can. They're good people over there. Go on. <laughs> Yeah, Ben and Steven, the, the Nashville the crew, they're, they're good guys. I like them a lot. Yeah. You know, so 
anyways, that's it, everyone. Thanks for hanging out. Don't forget, leave a comment below. Tell us why, if you own an Acoustasonic, tell us why you bought it. That's a genuine question. It's not a burn. Yeah. We're not going to argue with you or, or talk trash or anything. We genuinely want to know. Um, leave that in the comment section down below. Be sure to subscribe. We're over 5K now. Let's get yeah. to push us to oh, 10K. Man. Uh, uh, uh. And uh, leave us a review on Apple. Do all this stuff. Um, we couldn't do this without you guys being a part of the community. So Yeah, 10,000 subscribers is the hardest thing to do on YouTube. I think we'll get there by the end of... 2021 hopefully so. we'll see maybe we'll see maybe not maybe not Who knows? <laughs> we, maybe people we might us. we might hit 51 and not even get a year's worth of podcast and you go what you know what you know what? fuck it <laughs> that was fine we did it it was fine moving on <laughs> all right <laughs> see y'all bye